What's happening? It's Young Hove and you're listening to Reviews and Done with your host, Derek Dunn. Hey, yo, Dunn, son. Start the show. <laughs> what up, world? Once again, it's your boy, Derek Dunn of Reviews and Done, back with another interview with a rising young talent hailing from Toronto. Man, I don't know what it is, man. Toronto's been making all this noise for the past, uh, damn, what, decade? So uh, hopefully pretty soon, you know, we're hearing this young lady's name among the weekend, the division, and, of course, you know, Mr. Drizzy Drake. So everyone, welcome to the line. Rising talent, talented singer, soon to be a superstar herself, Miss Charlene Amore. So how are you doing this evening? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Bless, bless. You know, like I said, I'm always excited to talk to a uh, rising talent. So, you know, when they actually do blow up, I can be like, you know what, man? I interviewed her when she was still independent, you know, before the Grammys and the touring with The Weeknd and with the Drakes and being out there just living, you know, living the dream on a global level. Problem. So let's go ahead and... uh, Get right into it. So, you know, All right. I've never been to Canada, but I've always wanted to, you know, go to Canada. You know, I've heard so many great things about just the um, environment, just the vibe. So how was your childhood out there growing up in Toronto? I had a great childhood. I come from a family of lots of love. I grew up in a family where, you know, music was very prominent and my parents dedicated a lot of their time to, you know, my, my craft and my talent. So I was very blessed that way. In Toronto, there's so much culture. So I'm, I'm Filipino and Canadian Italian, but there's just so much culture in Toronto, which I absolutely love. There's Caribbean culture, there's Latin culture. So I feel like as an artist, it really shaped me and and really just made me who I am today. So I'm really thankful for for being brought up in Toronto and for everything I was taught from all the cultures, all the dynamics that we have going on here. Cool, cool. I think the only thing I can recall about Canada for me prior to, you know, Drake blowing up was um, growing up in the 80s and in the 90s was uh, watching Degrassi. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Degrassi's been going on for a while. Oh yeah, I mean I'm a um eighties baby, so man, I was watching Degrassi when I was like I'm gonna my age here, like five and I'm thirty nine now, so I mean I go all the way back to when um, Oh wow, you're a day one Degrassi fan. <laughs> yeah, you had like Caitlin and uh Joey Jeremiah, yeah, so you know, old school old school Degrassi. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. Go ahead. So, who were your early musical influences? Who were my early musical influences? Yeah. I would say my early musical influences were Aaliyah. I definitely am still a huge fan of Aaliyah until today. Um, definitely Whitney Houston. And then growing up, I don't know if you've heard of this artist. She's also from Toronto, but her name is Keisha Shante. Yep. Yeah, so she was also one of my influences growing up. 
Nice. So, you know, so the usual uh, three, well, you know, the usual two, and, of course, Keisha Shantae, but, yeah, Whitney and um, Aaliyah. Yeah, it's still um, hard to believe that Aaliyah is just, you know, gone, and she was right on the cusp of, um, like, really, really breaking through. And, I mean, I always say that I think we only got maybe 85% of her full-on talent of everything she wanted to do. So shout out to Aaliyah. Rest yes. in peace. Rest in peace. I love Aaliyah. She's definitely a part of my childhood, and she definitely inspired me growing up. So rest in peace to that beautiful angel. So you said that, you know, the culture is, like, just lit in Toronto. So what's the first concert out of any genre that you can recall attending out there? Okay, so you're going to laugh at me for this one, but my first concert was going to the Spice Girls concert. (laughs) And it was legendary only because it was their very last concert. And I just remember crying. I was probably 15 at the time when I went to the concert, and it was my first concert. And I just remember how sold out it was and how hard it was to get a ticket and how the tickets were even for a super shitty seat so being at that concert was super inspiring because as a listener and as someone who grew up to the Spice Girls I knew in that moment from watching them that that was the type of legacy that I wanted to leave behind nice and you know no shade over here with the um you know concert thing you know my first concert even though they were um you know grown at the time was uh, the new additional union tour back in 90 seven when I was 15. So, you know, when you're young, you know, most people's first concert is either like a, it's usually a boy band or like a pop group or, you know, I don't think anybody's first concert who's like 15 or 14 was like a, a J. Cole or a yeah. Two Live <laughs> Well, maybe today, maybe like the kids today are going to J. Cole. They're a lot more cooler than I think I was back then, so... <laughs> Yeah, cool. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I am. Um, I'm an old soul. So, you know, my son's first concert, first first concert. You know, he slept in most of though. He was like three or four, and it was Earth, Wind, and Fire, and Chicago. So, you know, he slept oh. like most of the thing. But um, he slept through the concert. Yeah, I mean, he's like three or four, so oh. about eight o'clock when the sun went down. You know, he he he'd be used to going to sleep. So he passed Aww. out, but since then, you know, I've taken him to other uh, concerts because, you know, I'm an old soul, always have been. He's kind of the same way, so whatever I listen to, he's listening to. I love that. I love that his first concert was at three years old. I could not say that, so you are a cool dad for taking him to his first concert at three. Shout out to you. Yeah, I definitely try. <laughs> All right, let's get into this um. It's EP, so your EP, it's out now, folks. It's available on all streaming platforms. My favorite summer hit the um, streaming platforms, I believe, on July of this year. So what was the title behind My Favorite Summer? What was the inspiration behind that title? So My Favorite Summer is actually inspired by a love story. And really, I came up with that concept from being inspired by love in the summertime. I feel that summer is just such a rush, you know, it's it's passionate, it's, it's hot, and it's a time where, you know, either, especially today in the culture, everyone's, 
you know, they have a fling and they're hooking up and, or they're falling in love with their fling and then the fling is kind of like one-sided. So my favorite summer is really about tackling, you know, being in love, being, falling out of love, but at the very same time kind of being in that in-between of, you know, what are we, where do we stand? Cool, cool. I'm still on the EP, you know, four tracks. You know, sometimes less is more. And one of my favorite songs from the um, your EP is Good Girl Go. So what was the vibe or message you were trying to send possibly to um, young adults or young girls with that song? So Good Girl Go is, is really just about, you know, recognizing your worth and not wanting to leave a situation, but knowing that you're worth more than that situation and knowing that it's not your loss, it's, it's really the other person's loss. Yeah, cool. One of those, uh, I'm better without you. <laughs> exactly, exactly. All right, so you, you dropped the EP, but... I think 2019, early this year, you had a song that I really loved, too, called Russian Doll. So why did you put Russian Doll on the um, EP? You know what? I just felt like Russian Doll was just a total different vibe with the project I was going for. If you listen to the EP from the beginning to the end, it really encounters just a lot of emotions through a series of a relationship in the in the summertime. So it, it goes through, you know, act right, which is basically, you know, not being cool with the hookup calls at, at two AM and then it and then it goes into, you know, slow down, H- how do we get here? Here we are, you know, I'm kind of I'm feeling you, you're feeling me, there's there's tension built up. Then it goes into thinking about you and, and thinking about you is about, you know, I actually wrote Thinking About You at the beginning of a relationship, and then I finished it at the end of the relationship. So it talks more about, you know, falling in love with someone and then being out of or still being in love with the person but not being with the person and the emotions that kind of come with a breakup. And then Go, Girl, Go is just the end of that story and, and, and knowing my worth and knowing that I'm, I'm better than what that is. And like you said, I'm, I'm good with their, without you. So I just felt like, you know, Russian Doll was its, its own vibe. Russian Doll is about, do you know what a Russian Doll is actually? I do not. So I don't know if you, uh, if you like growing up, if you've ever seen these little Russian dolls and they're these wooden dolls. And if you open up one doll, you'll get another doll and you open up another doll, you get another wooden doll. If you Google it, you'll find out what I'm talking about. But Russian doll is actually about someone unraveling you in different layers sexually. So total different vibe from my favorite summer. Russian doll is more like being empowered in your sexuality and and being okay, um, you know, with with where you stand and, and what you want and just being confident in that and, and owning it. So my favorite summer was just a, a different vibe. <laughs> cool. Hi. I see you getting your little grown and sexy on. So you know what I you mean? <laughs> Definitely. You mentioned Thinking About You. That was a lead single from the EP. So you got unlimited budget, right? 
And mm-hmm. who's the one person that you throw in the remix to that song? Oh, so, um, okay, if I had an unlimited budget, I would love to hear Black on it. I think Black would definitely kill that vibe. But you mentioned New Edition, and uh, New Edition, do you know who Ralph Tresvin is? Oh, yeah, of course. So Ralph Tresvin Jr. actually is going to be on uh, the Thinking About You remix that was supposed to make the EP, um, but unfortunately things happened with this label and, and it, it didn't end up getting on the EP. We're, we're still going to release it as a single. But if I had an unlimited budget, I would, I would go with Black, but Ralph Tresman definitely killed the remix, the same thing about you. Hey, shout out to Ralph Tresvent Jr., a.k.a. Um, what's that dude's uh, stated? I think it's Rizzy Cash. I've been following him for a, um, for a minute, too, and I think he's right there on the cusp of um, blowing up, too. What I respect about Ralph Jr. is he's not using his dad's name for, um, you know, for Cloud. I think only, like, music fans and, like, diehard any fans even know that he does Music. Shout out to Mr. Ralph Tresvan Jr. Who got next? Yeah, right. he's sick. My other joint on the EP that I really that I really love is "Slow Down," the closing track. So you mentioned in your EPK that you know you're very visual. You write from a visual standpoint. So once again, you know you got that unlimited budget. So what's the ultimate video concept for "Slow Down" that you would go with? So I like to think of myself as a, you know, a a vintage kind of artist, I guess. Like I don't like to do complete mainstream stuff. So I would definitely be going for, you know, like a like an old school kind of vibe, but like, you know, me and someone and, and for example, like we're at like a seventies kind of milkshake place where there's like roller skates and, you know, burgers and kind of like think about like the movie Grease for example but you know more more urban like I'd have you know girls in in different track suits and whatnot and it would be about you know me meeting someone having them kind of like spill their milkshake on me or whatever and then a conversation kind of going from there and then that one encounter sort of leading into you know an intimate sort of setting Cool. Dope. Yeah, I can totally picture that um that concept. So, all right, so we talked about the EP. We talked yeah. about how you got your score. But, you know, I got to hit you with these, like, hard just questions where you got to put on that thinking cap and you're going to be like, I never thought about that. So let's uh, <laughs> get into the really, really tough questions part of the interview. All, all right, right, let's so, hear you know, it. I got to ask, man, you know, you're in, you're in Toronto, you guys have your own music scene, and that phone rings right, and it's um, the weekend calls you, and he's like, Charlene, I need you to come through and sing background. But wait, two seconds later, you get a text from Drizzy Drake's people saying, Charlene, we need you to come sing background for Drake. Who <laughs> you going to sing background for first? Oh, damn. That's a hard one. That's a really hard one. Um, That's a hard one just because, 
You know, I think I would I would sing with with Drake, um, and and not to say that I wouldn't love to sing with The Weeknd because I I totally fuck with The Weeknd's vibe and you know and I love his music and I I think he's a cool person. Um, he actually grew up like down the street from me, which is super super cool. But I think I would go with Drake just because I see us making more of a you know a, a hit kind of like One Dance, which would be really cool. Yeah, I mean, that's one thing about um, Drake. I mean, I got to tell people, I mean, that dude's talent is just, um, it's just off the charts. And, I mean, he can just, Drake can go on there and make an album singing nothing but jingle songs, and it's going to be a hit. So, I mean, I totally respect he has that loyal fan base and just his grind mode. So, shout out to Drake and shout out to the, uh, shout out to The Weeknd. Yeah, shout right, out to so Toronto. During the, COVID, <laughs> during the COVID, you know, a lot of people were binging shows, you know, mm-hmm. worldwide because you couldn't really do anything else. So was there any show that you found yourself binging during the COVID? Yeah, I, <laughs> you're going to laugh at me for this one. I, I binge watched that lion show, the Tiger Cat show. Yeah, I, what about you know what I'm talking about? about? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's, I was definitely all over that. I was a little skeptical at first, but after season or episode three, I was, I was just hooked. Like, I think I watched it in, in one night. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one of those things where, I mean, you just, you have nothing to do, and you'll just, you'll find yourself um, watching old shows. And again, you know, I'm a, I'm an 80s and a 90s baby, so, you know, I, I often pull out, um, you know, Martin or, 90210 or just a show that, show that was on in the 80s, like, you know, I, I literally go out and buy box sets and just watch, you know, old old shows, like, finish an entire season, like, in a day and just keep it uh, movement, moving. All right, so <laughs> were you guys to the verses over in Toronto that was going on here in the U.S.? Yeah, of course. I was watching. All right, so last night was the big one. It was... Uh, Monica and Brandy. Who are you mm-hmm. pulling for to win? Uh, that's a hard one because I wasn't really pulling for anyone to win. I was kind of just rooting for both of them. I lo- like they were two singers that I like. I grew up listening to, and I grew up, you know, trying to imitate all their songs and whatnot. So, can I pick both? <laughs> yeah, I they're both um, alive, so. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet. You know, it was date night with the with the missus last night, but um, I had I'm more I'm more of a Monica fan, but I, I had Brandy winning just because I think Brandy was more um commercial and more mainstream. But I mean, from what I heard, yeah, they said it, it was for the um for the culture. So I'm gonna check it out uh soon. Yeah. All right. So one did you hear Monica's new song with Lil Baby? No, not yet. I need oh, to get on that, too. That I'm, <laughs> I'm behind. So keeping with uh, the Toronto vibe, what's the one tourist spot everyone should hit when they're in Toronto? Okay, are we talking food? Are we talking clubs? What are we talking? Oh, just, just tourist attraction. Food, the food question's up next. But just like, All what's right. like the one thing that you recommend everyone check out, young and old? Nope. The one, oh, okay. Um, 
I mean, everyone comes to Toronto and they check out the CN Tower, but honestly, the CN Tower is so boring and it's, it's so overly priced. So I would definitely not suggest that. Uh, <laughs> I would say, like, you know, we have the Scarborough Bluffs if you're into the outdoors. Definitely the Scarborough Bluffs. Um, and we got some, like, Toronto's known for its nightlife. We got some sick ass clubs down here. Um, there's this really cool jazz bar um, called Roosevelt Room. There's this really cool, like, Russian kind of burlesque show that goes down at Pravda. So I would say the nightlife. Cool. And this last you one is going to be... You definitely got to check out like a Raptors game for sure because our Raptors games are crazy. Oh, yeah, champions. Yeah. Right, so this last one is going to be a really, really tough one, tougher than that weekend in a... Uh, oh, damn. Great question. So let's see what you come up with. All right. All right, so we all know that uh, the gourmet food in Canada is poutine. So what eatery yeah. has the best poutine in Toronto? Oh, that's a hard one. Um, I'm going to go with Smoke's Poutinery. <laughs> nice. So I have to write that down. So, you know, once COVID clears up, if I can ever get to Canada, specifically Toronto, Check out uh, Smoke's Poutine because it is on my bucket list to visit Canada before. Yeah, you gotta. <laughs> you know, so well, actually, you know, I was in um, Seattle uh, two years ago in 2018 with the um, my wife's family, and we were in Seattle, and we drove to Washington, you know, on the outskirts. And one of her husbands was like, "Yeah, man, Canada's like 10 minutes away," like, you know, and I had no idea that parts of Canada were that close to Washington State, so. Yeah. yeah. I should have jumped in the thing and uh, went out there. We're well, like a three-hour, like, I think we're three hours from New York. Like, we're super close. Definitely. So, yeah, I definitely need to check out Toronto. All right, folks, we've had the talented Toronto native who's next to blow, Miss Charlena Moore, on the line. Her EP, <laughs> My Favorite Summer, is available on all streaming platforms. So you guys are sitting at home streaming music. It's no excuses why you guys can get out there and check out this young lady's music. Four songs, just a nice, chilled-out vibe, you know, some, pour some wine, get the cheese, like some candles, you know, chill out with your boo thing if that's what you want to do. But I highly, highly to my music. <laughs> I highly urge you guys to check out her EP, My Favorite Summer, and also check out Russian Doll, Russian Doll, which is available on all platforms. And be on the lookout for her remix with Mr. Ralph Trezvan Jr., which should be coming soon. And that's yeah. remix to Thinking About You. Is there anything you want to add? And where can fans find you on social media? You guys can find me on all platforms. It's Charlene Amour. And then you can also add me on Instagram, which is LoveXCharlene. All right, folks. That was Charlene Amour. In the mix with reviews and done. I highly, once again, I highly urge you guys to check out her EP. And as always, I want to leave you guys with a quote. Wherever I go, I bring the culture with me so they can understand that it's attainable. I didn't do it any other way other than through hip-hop. The one and only Jay-Z. Until the next time, done out.
this is Brock Obama. Uh, tune in next week for another episode of Reviews and Done uh, with your host, formerly known as uh, DJ Aftermath, uh, but still the slow jam king, DMV's own Derek Dunn. <laughs>